Hey, this is George Plaster, and for the very best in sports, keep your dial on 1017 FM WKOM. Good day, Southern Middle Tennessee. This is Del Kennedy, and welcome into a new show here at Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM FM 101.7. It's called American Steel, and it will feature and be hosted by Dr. Michael Steele, newly admitted principal of Central High School here in Murray County. Um, we've heard great things and are going to be very interested in hearing the perspective of Dr. Steele on education here in Murray County and other matters from and hearing from his guest as time goes by. Clayton Harris, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Del. Good afternoon, and uh, good afternoon, Dr. Steele. And uh, we're excited about this. Yes, we are. Broadcasting. And uh, Dr. Steele comes from a very interesting background that I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about here momentarily. Yes, sir. And without further ado, Dr. Michael Steele, principal of Central High School in here in Murray County, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited about this opportunity and uh, think and hope the listeners uh, get a lot uh, out of listening to us. We are very excited. Well, Dr. Steele, I'll sort of uh, be sort of the temporary host here. It's going to be your show from now on. But uh, tell us tell us about Dr. Michael Steele. Where do you come from? Uh, what have you done? How, how did you get where you are today? Well, that's an interesting story. Uh, I'll back up all the way to um, growing up, being born in Boston, growing up in Florida for the most part, having a what I would consider a tumultuous upbringing. Uh, several, siblings, several siblings that we've moved around quite a bit didn't really have a, um, I would, for myself, I'll speak for myself, not my siblings, but didn't really have a firm grasp on education or even being concerned so much about educating myself. So, you know, I had the, I had a pretty typical high school experience for the most part, played sports, um, ended up going to a private Christian high school to play football. And I graduated from there. Didn't really have much direction. Where did you graduate? Where was that? It's a North Florida Christian High School in, okay. in Tallahassee, Florida. And, you know, at some point I'll get in this conversation about why I am the person I am today. Not so much because of, uh, because of what adults poured into me, but maybe what some adults should have poured into me but did not do. And so I'm pretty particular about how I expect uh, folks to treat students. And, and I definitely am particular about how I... Uh, go about my my life, really, how I treat anybody. Uh, but that's certainly a conversation for one of these podcasts is when you're supposed to pour in life and inspiration into somebody and you don't. And, and that's supposed to be your responsibility. So I think that's, as we were talking before we went on air about, you know, what's wrong. That's one of the pieces that's wrong. Uh, but we can get more into that later. Um, when I got out of high school, um, I had no plan. There was no plan. There was there was a dream, but there were no plans. And so I joined the Marine Corps. I got out. I joined the Marine Corps. I spent four years in the Marine Corps from 84 to 88. I got out of the Marine Corps. I enjoyed. I loved my experience in the Corps. Uh, loved the Marine Corps. Loved the military community. Loved my country. Um, in hindsight, my sometimes I wish I would have stayed in for 30 years. <laughs> I, I loved it that much. Um, so I got out of the Marine Corps, and it seemed pretty simple. I went right into law enforcement. Okay. And then I did 10 years in law enforcement. Uh, nine years of that was in Orange County, Florida. Uh, in that nine-year time span, 
you know, I was on road patrol. I was an instructor in various areas. Um, I ended up, I was a detective at some point, SWAT team, and I ended up being a school resource officer. Okay. And I came across a principal by the name of Dan Buckman, Dr. Dan Buckman, and um, haven't heard from Dan in quite a while, but I loved watching Dan Buckman be the principal of a high school. And literally... All of us have those people in our lives who have a, a, a tremendous and an outsized impact in our lives. Well, Dan Buckman certainly did. And the irony is that uh, the principal that I worked for after Dan Buckman was polar opposite. I would have never went into education had I worked for that principal first. Right. So when you're out there and you're trying to, you're supposed to be somebody in a leadership role and have influence on people and you don't, that becomes such a very counterintuitive. So, um, you know, that I'm so thankful that I was being able to work with Dan Buckman. And so at that point I went home and I just said, Hey, I I told my wife, I want to go back to school and I want to be a high school principal. And And at this point you had no higher education, a a high school degree, high school, yeah. High school diploma. Right. Uh, then the, you know, the, all the stuff the military had sent me to, and then all the stuff the law enforcement had sent me to, but nothing in formal education college level. And I went back and I said, Hey, I want to go back to school. And my wife has been for 30 years now has been unbelievably supportive of anything I want to do. Uh, for example, I'm flying to Texas tomorrow for three days to do this certification on classroom management to be kind of like be a classroom management. So I teach other people how to manage their classrooms. Um, and she just is always, um, yeah, okay. So I, long story short, I went back to school, uh, for six years straight at night, worked full time, went back at night and, and finished my bachelor's and my master's in psychology and counseling. And then started that process of getting into education, which wasn't as easy as I, I thought it would be, but definitely worth the, uh, obstacles that I had to go around. Now, how old are you at this time? 25, maybe. Okay. 25, um, brand new, just married, uh, one child, one on the way going to school from five o'clock at night till 10 o'clock at night. Um, and just grinding it out Yeah, and, you know, and when I finished my bachelor's degree, I realized this, this really wasn't that bad. I, I survived. Let me just go get my master's degree. And then I thought, well, you know, I don't really need this, all this stuff. I can, I can go lead a school. And I was wrong. Uh, I needed everything I got from those professors and from my, my uh, degrees. And then my first gig out of the gate was assistant principal of a private school, K-12 private Christian school. Oh, in Florida? In Florida. And because it was private, you, you weren't required to have a state license. So I learned a lot being an administrator. I, was, I also served as the counselor of the entire school. So I got to work for, with kindergartners all the way through seniors in high school. And, and then I knew I was still needed. My trajectory was still towards public education. So I had to still continue down the road of getting licensed. So the first license that I got from Florida, I think, was a special education teacher and guidance counselor. And so I went on to do those, both of those jobs before I was able to finally get my administrative license and become an assistant principal somewhere and then work my way up to principal. In a public school in Florida. Public school in Florida, but then I ended up, before moving up to Nashville, I was at a, another, a different private uh, Christian school in Jacksonville, Florida. It was also a K-12, uh, but much, much larger K-12, pretty prominent Christian school in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and just uh, my brother called, my brother lived up in Nashville and said, hey, you would love it up here. And so 
he, he was right. So we basically, basically we applied and I got the job in Nashville and I was at Nashville for uh, Stratford High School for 12 years. In what capacity? I was the executive. They, they, they call them executive principals in Nashville. I was the, I was the principal for 12 years at Stratford High School. And that's that that is from where you came to Columbia a year ago. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Um, and along the way somewhere, you got your Ph.D. Got my doctorate degree a couple years back. You know, I was just thinking today, I don't even remember. I forget the, I think it was 2004, 2016 or 2015. Um, yeah, uh, Lipscomb, Lipscomb University. Um, a few of us got together and enrolled uh, as colleagues uh, from Metro Nashville, and we went to Lipscomb. They've got a great program over there, as does, um, you know, Vanderbilt and Trevecca. Um, and two years later, got my doctorate degree from Lipscomb. That's quite a story. All right. So that brings us to, uh, I guess, uh, last summer, last fall, last spring. Uh, you applied to be uh, the principal of Columbia Central High School. What 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 drew you to that? Well, I, my wife and I, uh, my family lived in Spring Hill, and then we moved out to Linville, um, a little further out. I was making that drive every day, and really people think that it was mostly about the drive. It really, I was used to the drive, although I don't like wasting time or feel like I'm wasting time, so I would listen to my podcast or I would listen to books on the way to and from work, but it does take a little bit of a toll on you when you're in traffic two hours a day. Oh, yeah. It takes a little bit of a toll on you. Don't realize it, but it does. Uh, but that wasn't the reason that I wanted to be here. The reason I wanted to be here um, years ago, about several years ago, my the school that I was at, Stratford, played Columbia Central in football out here in Columbia. And I was the representing my school as the administrator there. And the I principal. Was the principal there. Yeah. And so I was standing on our sideline. Great game. I think that uh, I think Columbia Central beat us that, that night. And it, it was a great game, great camaraderie. I noticed the stands. I noticed the student section. And I, I literally went home and said to my wife, sort of like when I went back to college, if that school ever opens up, that's where I, that's where I want to be. And so uh, it, it just opened up, you know, and so I applied and I was I was hired. All right. So you've been living here in the Middle Tennessee area, southern Middle Tennessee, Spring Hill or or Linville for, what, 13 years now? It's 13 years. Yeah. And uh, and so you, you've gotten to know us, and, and uh, we've gotten to know you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, all right. You started out at Columbia Central High School this last fall, uh, the 2022-23 school year. What were your impressions as you got started out there as principal at Central? Well, it wasn't it wasn't much unlike when I started at Stratford. I mean, Stratford's got a great history, like like Columbia Central does. Um, I wasn't aware of it until I was already hired. I was pretty aware. I had been made aware of the uh, rich history that Columbia Central has in this community. Uh, you know, over a hundred year history. Yes, it does. And. I was pretty. Uh, I was pretty surprised. Uh, uh, surprise is not the best word. I was impressed with the amount of love and respect that this community has for that school, and so, um, so, yeah, so I wasn't really surprised. But it, uh, there hasn't a day hasn't gone by this first semester that somebody hasn't reminded me of, about how much they love that school. Whether it's a current student, one of their parents. My secretary, who's been there for over 50 years, 
there's always somebody in that building or somebody that visits every day that that reminds me about how much they love the school and how important that school is to this community. And so, um, of course, then you have people that come your way that want you to hear what they have to say about what's good and what's bad and, and those kind of things. And so I, I, I try to be a good listener. I try to be an a, a aggressive listener. I'm not really good on negativity. I don't really want to hear a lot of negativity. I just want to hear what we can do to make things great for those kids and that's those staff members over there. We know we got problems. How can we make it better? Yeah, yeah, we're all, we're never gonna, you know, why, and why would we? Uh, I was telling a story the other day uh, that, that you know it's like a it's like a puzzle, and you you get a thousand a thousand piece puzzle, and you start putting it together, and you start looking at the box, and you look at the puzzle, and you can start seeing it come together. Uh, and then at the very end, for some reason, you can't find that last puzzle piece. You're looking for it, you're looking all around for it, and you can't find it. And that's what that's what life is like. So you should always be looking, and you should never find because you're never going to find that last piece. You should you should wake up every morning hungry to find that last piece. And that's what I do and encourage my staff to do is wake up every day, get to that school early, uh, and and be hungry for what's best for that school and the kids in that school because. Really, what we're trying to produce out of that school are adult uh, leaders that will take our society and our, and our communities into the future in a wonderful way. Wow. All right, Dr. Michael Steele, um, you, you started Central last fall uh, after you found you know where the gym is and the cafeteria is. Uh, you looked around at the landscape. Uh, what challenges did you see? Uh, the biggest challenge probably that I've, I've noticed off the bat is the, uh, uh, the, a belief. Uh, it seemed like there wasn't a uh, – that some folks had lost faith in what the school was used to be and what it still could be and still will be. Uh, and so, you know, we start putting a few pieces together of that puzzle I was talking about, and then you start seeing uh, that it wasn't that far gone, that people just wanted to see that there was going to be consistency – uh, in what we were saying compared to what we were doing. And so it became really important to me that my, um, the first, one of the first uh, orders of business really was to uh, put together a really awesome administrative team that understood the expectation of really buying into what uh, it was expected of them with, with regard to what I said before is waking up hungry to serve the students and the staff of the school. Uh, you know, and so people would tell me stories about in years past, this didn't happen. It never happened. That kind of thing. Things such as simple as they wouldn't talk, even talk to us, or they wouldn't answer our emails or our phone calls and stuff like that. And so we just started making those corrections and those changes and getting into the classrooms more, uh, collaborating and, and being really intentional in our relationship building with students. And so, this first the first semester was fantastic, and you're seeing a lot more uh, a lot more people over there that have a hope that this can um, this school can be what it once was. Hope is everything. Hope is everything. Yes, it is. You, you know, Doctor Steele, uh, this summer uh, you and I inadvertently kind of had a lunch together with some of the football coaches, and you made a comment that day um, that I, w- I want to ask you about. You, I, I remember you saying this because it stuck in my mind. You do you do not like being comfortable. No. Explain that to the listeners. There's a quote that's at the end of my email that pain is the best instructor. Um, you look at 
people that win a win a million dollars and then a year later they're bankrupt and they're miserable because they weren't prepared to win a million. Someone asked me the other day, what would you do if you won $10 million? I, said, I, I never will win $10 because I don't gamble to win $10 million. <laughs> me, me neither. What, were you, what would you do then if you were given $10 million? I said, well, I'll tell you what. The only way that you could find happiness if you were given $10 million, $100 million is to pre- be prepared to give most of it away in, in charity then you can start finding peace and happiness in the money that you do have. If you went out and bought a million-dollar car, $10 million home, those kind of things, temporary happiness. Being uncomfortable uh, is a betrayal to all of us. So every morning, 4.30, I'm uncomfortable because I I don't even have an alarm anymore. I haven't had one since the Marine Corps. Every morning at 4.30, my eyes open up and I look – and very rarely anymore, but there have been times where that voice inside my head has convinced me to stay in bed till five, and now I'm scrambling. I got to get to the gym. Then I got to be the first one at work. Uh, I never am the first one. My secretary beats me every single day. But I wake up, and then I I, rem- I just I just make sure that I'm identifying that that voice is trying to betray me every single day, and it's more uncomfortable, but more powerful for me for me to get out of that bed when I'm supposed to get out of that bed. And so now. What happens when I get up and I'm ready to go? Well, there's my side of the bed. Do I make it or do I let No, I make it. Do I want to make it? No, I don't want to, but I do it anyways because that's one victory in the morning. And then I take my very mature uh, older self to the gym where I am greeted by other men and women that are my age, and we put in an hour of working out. That's uncomfortable, especially at my age. I mean, I'm feeling every single lift. You're see, you're still a young man. You don't feel those things yet, but they're coming, right, sir? Uh, those things. Are oh coming. yes, they're coming. So you feel you played football. You, you don't feel the tackles that you will when you're 50, but you'll feel them, and they just remind you that you're alive. And so, being uncomfortable is really what we should be seeking. We should be seeking to sacrifice and to do things. We should intentionally put uncomfortable things in our day and every single day. And so that, that's what I meant by that. So if we win, for example, if we win a state championship in something, that's going to be an amazing event. It's hard to do. You've done it before. It's hard to do. Well, give yourself time to celebrate that, but then be uncomfortable. That, that was, that's behind us now. We got to go win it. If we want to win another one, we got to put work in. Academically, if we have gains in our academics, then let's celebrate for a a small amount of time, but let's get back to work because the work is not done. And it goes back to like that puzzle piece. You should always be looking for the final piece of the puzzle, but you're never going to find it and you should never want to find it. There you go. Okay, folks, we're talking with Dr. Michael Steele. This is the first of many shows we hope it, it will be called, it, the show will be called American Steel. Uh, Dr. Steele will be talking about his experiences at Columbia Central High School as well as many other things as time goes on. He will have guests. If you want to comment or participate, uh, our Twitter account is at WKOM, WKRM. Uh, tell Dr. Steele uh, what's on your mind. Ask him what you want to know. Uh, participate with us. Clayton, let's take a little break. Come back on the other side. I want to talk with Dr. Steele about his vision for Columbia Central High School going forward.
For 60 years, people have shopped Parks Motor Sales to get the best vehicles and the best service. ParksMotorSales.com has details on new Buicks, certified pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and much more. Stop by 919 Nashville Highway, take a Buick for a test drive, and learn why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the garbage man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. our objectives at Caledonian Financial is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more. We stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. Front Porch Radio is Southern Middle Tennessee's home for the best in news, talk, and sports. Missed out on any favorite Front Porch programs? Check us out online at frontporchradiotn.com to download episodes of your favorite podcast. Listen live or listen online. Search for it on your favorite podcast app. iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Alexa. Join us on the porch. Frontporchradiotn.com. This is Front Porch Radio. My name is Del Kennedy. You're listening to American Steel, which will be hosted by Dr. Michael Steele, new principal at Columbia Central High School. Uh, Dr. Steele will be doing a weekly show where he will have guests and talk about what's going on at Columbia Central High School and other issues that uh, he wants to talk about. The time and uh, date of the beginning of that show are yet to be announced, but we'll get that out to you. If you want to make comments or have questions, go to Twitter at WKOMWKRM. We'd be happy to take a look and reply and respond and look forward to your participation in the show. Today, Clayton Harris and I are uh, hosting the first edition of American Steel. Good morning, Clayton. Good morning, Del. Dr. Steele. Yeah, good morning. Great to have you. And uh, But for now, Dr. Michael Steele will be your host 
And Dr. Michael Steele, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing fine. Thank you. And this is fun. I want to talk about uh, your vision. We've talked about where you came from, how, where you, how you got here. But I want to talk about your vision for Columbia Central. But before we get to that, you've just finished a stint at Stratford High School as the principal there. In Nashville, it was considered by many the worst performing school in the state when you took over. Tell me about your journey at Stratford. Well, yes, actually, uh, probably within the first two weeks of my tenure at Stratford, I was uh, called up to a meeting at the State Department to meet with the uh, Commissioner of Education, and they had asked a couple folks from over in the district office to come up, and um, at the time, the Commissioner of Education started going in on the data and, and, and explaining how Stratford was considered uh, the worst high school in Tennessee from a, from a data standpoint and from a um, violence standpoint, just the number of, of violent events that happened there. Well, our data expert at the district office kind of set him straight on the data because he had the data wrong, but the, the data still wasn't good. I think there was a, it was a 59% graduation rate when I first started. Even if the data they had was incorrect, the real data wasn't so hot either. No, no, right. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, uh, like a lot of things, it, it wasn't anywhere as bad as one would think, considering if you listen to people, the, the students and the staff, uh, the students were amazing. The community was amazing. But what you found, Delk, is uh, what you find in a lot of places, and you found that the adults in the building uh, didn't have a grasp on what it took to actually run a quality, fantastic high school. And so in the beginning, I, it was very evident to me that it wasn't the students it wasn't the, the vast amount of students lived in poverty and, and those kind of variables. It was the adults in the building, uh, many of them, not all of them. Most of them were fantastic and remained with me for many years after that first year. Uh, there were numerous adults in the building that had just uh, given up and given up on the kids and given up on the re- leadership and responsibilities. That, and so uh, I quickly you know, had them go play on somebody else's team because they weren't going to be on this team. And so you find that often. Uh, You cannot have a 59%. It's almost mathematically, if you think about it, 59% graduation rate when when you're graduating roughly 200 seniors a year. uh, 41% did not graduate. Now, if you look at the— That's a large number. That's huge. But if you look across the country— at schools with the same demographics as a school like Stratford, uh, graduation rates probably average somewhere in the low 60 percentiles, mid-60s. That's still pretty terrible when you consider that, for, especially for like young men of color that don't graduate. This is from the CDC, young men of color who don't graduate. 70% of those men have some involvement, a negative involvement with uh, our law enforcement community and our, our uh, correction system. So if you do the if you do the math, that's a lot of young men that were betrayed when they should have never been betrayed. They should have been given more of an opportunity to go to school and graduate. And so that's kind of my pet. That's where my passion started, because when I was a school resource officer, I worked at a school that was just like Stratford for the most part. And I just saw every day um, wasn't really able to impact much as a law enforcement officer because I had my role. But, But as I walked around and I saw adults teachers not teaching and and people not doing what they're supposed to do for these young people. And keep in mind, my experience as a teenager, I had plenty of adults in my world that 
honestly, to this day, I don't think cared one iota about me. As long as I was making tackles and scoring touchdowns, I, I seemed to be okay with everybody from that perspective. Uh, and, and I'll say that over again, over and over again. And you grew up in Boston, right? No, I, I was born in Boston. I grew up in Florida. Okay. All right. So, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. But, you know, when we started getting the expectations out there and started uh, being, again, being consistent and saying, hey, we're not going to do this, we're going to do this, uh, for example, something really simple. You go to your guidance counselor and you say, hey, why do we have a 59% graduation rate? Well, some of them say, well, because 41% didn't graduate. There's no way. It's There's no way. So you go, you take one transcript and you look at it, well, let's say Mr., Miss, you know, Susie Smith here, she failed biology in the 10th grade by two points and nobody had the intestinal fortitude to get with her and help her make up those two points, two points. So now she's not going to graduate from high school. Okay. Stuff like that. And so you start cleaning up the transcripts and you start cleaning up the expectations. And if you don't want to play on this team and, ha- and have to come to work, you're just not going to be on this team. And so go be on somebody else's team who doesn't care because this team – You're talking about teachers here. talking about teachers, adults, counselors, administrators, the custodian. If you can't come and clean the, the way you're supposed to, I'm going to find a different place for you because we need a clean building. And then teachers need to teach and principals need to be great leaders and supportive uh, and caring and kind and all those things. You know, I tell people all the time when I speak at conferences, I've got one one rubric to tell if you're going to be an effective administrator. And it's going to be silly. But that's the one rubric is how quickly do you answer your emails? How quickly do you answer your emails? That's an indicator uh, for sure. Well, it's a great tool, right? Remember when emails first came out? It was amazing. It was so much fun. Now, I, I, you know, if you look at your phone, you can you can text somebody from across the world, and they get it in seconds. And whether we're in education or in business, we get a lot of emails every day. And yes, you can tell a difference. You know something immediately when you get a, an immediate response. Right. Well, my my staff makes fun of me because sometimes I'll I'll try to respond so quickly that I don't read the full email, and at the very end they'll say, "Doctor Still, you didn't read the whole email." Uh, I, I, this really wasn't to you. I was just copying you in, and so I'm like, okay, LOL. I'm you know I'm just trying to move on in a quick pace, and so it's kind of a funny thing, you know. Uh, but I answer my emails every day, and I answer every email. I don't skip an email. If somebody calls me, and this happens all the time, if somebody calls me from like Illinois that wants to come work here next year, and I don't have an opening. I'll email that person and say, when you get in town, come over anyways. I'll walk you through the process of navigating our system because we, we, we need teachers. We need great employees too. And I can't tell you the number of times over the years where people have come from all the way. I think Wisconsin is probably the furthest and come, okay, I'm here. I live in Nashville now, or, or now in this case, I live in Columbia. And can you help me navigate the system on how to get a position here? And absolutely. And, and I'll do mock interviews with them and those kind of things. Those people never forget that. Even if you can't, you don't hire them because you don't have an open position. But I also pick up the phone and I'll call a school down the street that I know has an opening and say, hey, just so you know, I'm going to send this person your way because I know you have an opening. There you go. Well, we, we need to do that more often. We need to, we need to collaborate and, and support each other more often. And a lot of the principals uh, in Murray County do that. So that, that has been fun. And nice to, to really understand that that everybody's kind of looking out for each other here, which is really, really nice to have. Okay. And we're talking about your uh, experience as principal of Stratford High School in Nashville, uh, 12 years, uh, immediately prior, prior to coming here to take over as principal at Columbia Central last fall. And uh, by all accounts, it was one of the worst performing high schools in the state of Tennessee. 
How did it go? Well, uh, as it stands right now, the school is in a, has 40, over 40 actively engaged business partners. They, we, were the, we were the second accredited STEM school in the state of Tennessee. Now, the only reason we were second is because we just happened to be the second one on the list to be in, in, you know, audited. Uh, but uh, through uh, one of the, one of the uh, people that came over to do our accreditation visit um, told me, hey, just so you know, I wanted you to know that you, your scores were higher than the first school that we, um, we inspected. But I'm not supposed to tell you that, but I just wanted you to know we were so impressed with, with the school that, uh, that you guys higher scores than the first school. Now, the difference of that, sir, is that uh, Stratford is a school that has probably at that time 85, 86% of students living in poverty. The first school did not have anywhere near that. So that, that takes you to the point of can these schools, this school learn as much as this school can, and these children over here learn as much, and they absolutely can. It just requires a great deal of intentional uh, intentionality on the adults part to love on those kids and to let those kids know that you're there for them. They will perform at the level that, uh, of the level of energy that the adults are providing for them. Okay. And so how did it go? It went well. I mean, the school's fantastic. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, my full is, my phone is full of, uh, people that would tell you that when they first sent their, uh, children there, uh, my secretary is one of them. He sent us, he sent his children there, when he wasn't sure that he really wanted to send his children there, they lived right down the street. They wanted their kids, their children to go to a, uh, their zone public high school. They were very, very nervous about it. Uh, and if you, if you spoke to her, um, now she would tell you or him, uh, they, they would both tell you that it was the best decision they've ever made. Uh, it was a safe, inviting, warm school. I think if you went over there right now, they've got a new principal there that I'm excited about. Uh, and I didn't get a ch- choice in that. Um, but they made the right choice with him. And so I've ta- I've, I talk to him frequently just to see how things are going, to see if he needs anything. And he says, hey, Dr. Stewart, I can't believe it. I'm just here. I mean, everything's in place. There's not much for me to do. I said, no, that's not the right attitude. I said, I'm glad that you feel that way, but you've got to put your own leadership spin on it now. People are looking at you and for you to take it to the next level. And the, one of the reasons that I wanted to leave Stratford in the first place had nothing. I love Stratford. Love Metro. Metro was really good to me uh, and my family. I, I I think they do a great job for having such a, a large district. Um, I just uh, I wanted to leave for Stratford's sake because it needed new vision. Uh, we had gotten to a point where I thought it was very good. I felt like I I I, I left it in a vastly much better uh, position than when I found it, and I just wanted them to have somebody else to be excited about it and, and to take it into a new new space. Well, well, what was go the, ahead, Clayton. I'm sorry. What was the graduation rate when you got there? It was 59%? 59%. What was it when you left? The year before, because, you know, graduation rate is always a year behind. Right. It's never caught up. Uh, 80, 84.9. The highest we got in the t- in the tenure there was, I think, 86.8. Wow. And, you know, you got to kind of graduation rate fluctuates like that. I wish it was, I wish it didn't, but it fluctuates like that. But listen, Clayton, what we were doing, we get a, the state of Tennessee sends out a, a cohort list. Boom. Let's just say, let's just for the sake of this conversation, we got a hundred kids on our cohort list. So if you graduate a hundred kids, that's a hundred percent graduation rate. 
Well, Stratford at the time had a 56% mobility rate, meaning kids, 56% of the kids start at Stratford and then leave. And most of them come back, but they're just, they're bouncing around to schools. A lot of that has to do with poverty. If a mother gets kicked out of a, an apartment that's living in poverty, she has to go find another place to live that might be in a different school zone. And then maybe the same thing happens and they're back and forth a lot. So out of those 100 kids, now these are kids that enter the school in the ninth grade. Some of those, some of those students never even show up to go to school, but they're still on our cohort list. So we are still responsible for their graduation. So all I did was like, let's just stop. Well, two things I did. Our literacy rate was I had a, every kid in the school tested, and they, uh, the reading specialist produced a pie chart. Seventy, At least 75% of that pie chart, the kids were reading on a fourth – high schoolers reading on a fourth and fifth grade level. And so I said, There's the first thing we're going to do, I want every – starting right now because we were on block schedule. I said every content area, 30, first 30 minutes, I want kids reading. I want kids reading. Get them reading something the first 30 minutes. No matter what the class, biology, no what. math, whatever. Okay. If it's math, I want them doing word problems, and uh, and I want them reading. Within the year, that pie chart flipped to where the, that 75% that were on like a fourth and fifth grade level were now on like a seventh, between seventh and ninth grade level. Just with being purposeful about that. Uh, graduation rate, we produced the list. I said, now, I said, now I want you to go, my counselors, now I want you to go. I want you to tell me color-coded. I want every kid that's on track to graduate in green, every kid that could be, if they just did a little work on yellow, if they're not on track in red, and for the kids that we can't find that never came here but were still responsible, for it, we just put them in a different list. And so we just every we would meet every week. Where's Clayton? Clayton has just finished half a credit in biology. We're moving him from yellow to green. Okay, that's one. That's one more percent, and then so forth and so on. And then by the end of the school year, just like I just like I told uh, Miss Ventura in my interview, at the end of the school year, working it. Now this is three times the size of Stratford, so it's a little bit more work. But at the end of the school year, I'll be able to tell you before the state tells me. I'll be able to tell you within a certain percentage of where our graduation rate is. Just because we've went we've looked at every single kid and said, Hey, he's in the green, in the red, uh, well, this kid's not showing up ever. And so by that time you know you you know the number that are dropping out. But we don't stop there. We say, Hey, you know you're probably not gonna graduate. Well, yes sir, I know I'm not gonna graduate. I'm just gonna drop out and get a job. Okay, well let's then let's try to do something different. Even though they will count against our graduation rate as far as the percentage goes, uh, let's try to help them with a you know career or some kind of uh, trade so they can go out and get a decent job. And so it's just a it's a it's an incredible everyday cycle that that you should love to do when you're when you're in a high school because the way the way our society has it set up is high school is the next thing after being born. You get now you got to graduate from high school to have any chance in this world. And you'll have someone say, well, I made it without this, and that's good. If you made it and you're doing well without it, that's great. 99% of people that don't have a high school diploma don't make it, and they're, they're, they're day-to-day, sometimes paycheck-to-paycheck. And so it wasn't brain surgery, but it was, it was me coming to work saying, Delk, you got to do this, and you need to do it well, and Clayton, you got to do this, and you got to do it well, and Y'all can hold me accountable, too, as the principal. If I don't do something well, let me know, and I'll gotta, I've got to grow every day. And that's kind of what happened. That's kind of how that happened to, to where the school now has, again, and if you take Stratford's demographics, 
and you you match it up against anybody across the country, we're in the eighty. We're pushing that we're in the eighty percentile range. That's leaps and bounds above other schools around the country that had the same demographic, same level of poverty in the schools and those kind of things. So uh, coming over here to Central, um, our graduation rate is. Uh, it's in the 80s, uh, but it's not above the district average, and it's not above the state average. And so my goal is to definitely be above the district average. And just cleaning it up, I think, if you just clean it up a little bit, you'll gain 2 to f- two to 5% gains, and then and then you are in a respectable range. Some folks want to know why you can't be a 100% graduation rate. Mathematically, it's almost impossible, impossible. to do 100% impossible. or even in, the, even in the respectable 90 percentiles. Just because if Clayton was in the eighth grade and was rolled up automatically into the ninth grade at Central or any high school, but never showed up, he, Clayton and his family moved to Wisconsin, and we never got a we never got documentation that you moved there. And if we never find you, you count against us. And you would have gone to Wisconsin and graduated and gone on to college, and, and that would have been great. But we, you would have counted against us uh, because we never documented that you graduated from high school. Okay. Well, Dr. Steele, you know, you've talked now about what apparently was an amazing uh, 12 years of, of success uh, when you were principal at Stratford. Last fall, 2022, you came, took over the helm as principal at Columbia Central High School. You've now, you've now had a semester uh, to look around, see what's going on there. What is your vision for Central High School uh, going forward? I was able to hire. I hired five uh, teachers uh, and one, uh, four teachers and a counselor over the break. They were already offered positions prior to the Christmas break, but they were they were waiting to um, come over after the break to start the new year at, at Columbia Central. And so on the on the first day, the kids came back. One of those teachers walked up to me and she said, "I just can't thank you enough because I said, "Yeah, tell me why." She goes, "Well, because the kids are smiling." I've had more people tell me that the that the students at, at Columbia. I just, they're just, it's like a, they're just happier. They're just happier because there is more discipline. There is more consistency. Children like structure. Oh, they need, they need it and they like, they love it. There's more praise too, though. So, you know, I'm not the first principal to get on the intercom and say, hey, I love you guys, but we got to do better. Or I love you guys and let's celebrate what we just accomplished last week in this way. Uh, And they don't want anything. They don't, Students and staff, adults, they don't want anything other than genuine love and concern and care. And they'll take the accountability because they also want that as well. So she was excited that she said, well, the school that I came from, the kids were just, they hated it and they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard that uh, since the year started. Uh, my vision is is just that. My vision is that we are very uh, conscientious and we're... Uh, What's a good word? We're just practical about having a successful school. It doesn't have to be as difficult as as we make it sometimes. It can be really just a, a place that you enjoy going, that you trust your kids are safe, and that we're taking all measures to keep them safe, and that we're also taking all measures to uh, to praise them and to support their mental well-being and their emotional well-being as much as their academic growth uh, and those kind of things. And uh, at the end of the day, like I told my staff yesterday, at the end of the day, if we can all sit down at lunch one day and look at each other and feel like we've put in the work that was necessary, then the scores are the scores. They are what they are. Uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to lead a great school, and so are the other principals, and then so are the teachers, 
And at the end of the day, if, if you're comfortable with what you have been able to accomplish that year, then we'll, we'll work on the scores every single year. There we go. Folks, we're talking with Dr. Michael Steele. The name of the show is American Steel. It will be a regular feature, weekly feature here on WKOM. A time of broadcast to be announced. It will have a, an accompanying podcast so you can get it uh, wherever you get your podcast, when you want to listen to it, if you can't catch it uh, when it's broadcast live. Uh, and we look very much forward to it today. Uh, Clayton Harris and I are hosting the show, but uh, and Dr. Steele is our guest, but next time around, show two, Dr. Steele will be the host, and we tremendously look forward to it. It's time to take a break. And we, when we come back on the other side, uh, I'd like Dr. Steele to tell us what he envisions for his weekly show, what he would like to do in terms of communicating uh, with Southern Middle Tennessee and Murray County, the people in and around Central, and other things that he'd like to uh, talk about and and what his what he envisions for his show American Steel let's take a break It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
first responders know seconds count when saving lives, and emergency response can often be delayed due to difficulty navigating rural locations, congested subdivisions, mobile home parks, and apartment complexes. The Locator 911 is a unique life-saving bulb. In normal use, a porch light, and when activated by you, a multicolored flashing beacon for first responders to help them find you in the event of an emergency. For more information, stop by your local fire department or visit thelocator911.com. We are back for the first edition of American Steel with Dr. Michael Steele. This will be a weekly program on WQM FM 101.7. Uh, time of broadcast to be announced. It will be out there on podcasts, so you can uh, go to Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and listen to Dr. Steele's show on demand. Today, myself, Del Kennedy, is hosting the show along with Clayton Harris. How you doing, Clayton, man? Doing well, Del. Good afternoon. But from now on, it will be hosted by Dr. Michael Steele, and he'll have guests and other topics regarding Columbia Central High School and other matters that may be of interest or uh, affecting uh, education in and around southern middle Tennessee. Dr. Michael Steele, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic. How are you? <laughs> okay. Uh, what? Uh, let's talk about it. Now, you've done a podcast before, and this – this show will be uh, not only aired live or, or sometime by recording, but it, it will have a live play on air, and it will be available by podcast. And you've done a podcast in the past. Uh, what would you like to accomplish with this show, American Steel? What what what's going to be? What would you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about anything uh, that relates to. Um you understanding the the listeners understanding more about themselves in order to reinvent themselves in order to move on in a more uh, exceptional and excellent manner. And so because I'm an educator uh, and, and because I'm a principal of a local high school, um, there will probably be a lot of interest in just uh, thoughts uh, and opinions about public education. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that impact public education, uh, parenting, politics, military, our country, what's happening in our country. Um, so what I really hope to gain out of this uh, podcast is just the ability to provide insight um, from a perspective that helps people. Yeah. How many students does Columbia Central have now? We're right at 1,500. Oh, wow. Uh, so you've got students, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all of whom I assume will be interested to listen to what you have to say, what's going on at Columbia Central, what, and as you say, other things that are impacting uh, education in southern middle Tennessee. That's a, a large constituency. Well, I'm excited about that. Um, and, you know, we don't always have to agree, but we can agree to disagree and moving forward as we learn from each other. Uh, and, you know, there may be times where um, the conversation uh, appears uncomfortable to some folks, but that's how we learn from each other. But the intent is only to have people think uh, about ways of um, improving themselves while we help improve uh, our community around us. There you go, Clayton. Well, first off, Del, I'm going to ask Dr. Steele a a political question because uh, you're you're not afraid to give your opinion on anything, and I respect that. I really do. And, in fact, Del, this summer when Dr. Steele is – maybe when there's not students in the building, he could be a guest on Three Dudes with a View if one of us is out because – Absolutely. He loves to give his opinion, and I I just – 
I would like to know your opinion on our current po- political system here in this country. This week, we uh, we, we saw uh, the Republicans finally elect Kevin McCarthy to the Speaker of the House, but uh, definitely got a lot of attention. But d- just your overall opinion of politics. Yeah, well, um, politics. I understand, uh, for the most part, I think I understand the complexities of having a, a President Trump compared to a President Biden. Um, I'm just, uh, as I think 100% of America is, uh, I'm concerned that our current president uh, can't get through a, a single thought without having to be prompted and in most cases forgets his thoughts. So that concerns me for him as an individual, but it definitely concerns me about the safety and security of our country. Um, and then you start seeing some things that just uh, at this point, I, I, when I growing up, I remember people were really adamant about not telling you it was none of your business who you voted for. And I remember the adults around me telling people, you know, I remember hearing that that was a big thing. I think they even taught it in school. You know, you don't have to tell people who you vote for and those kind of things. And now it's like if you you disagree or you vote for somebody that somebody else didn't like, then it's a personal – it seems personal to them and they want to do all sorts of craziness. But uh, I'm not about that. Uh, I – I love America. I don't like comparing ourselves to other countries, especially from an educational standpoint. It makes no it's it's pointless to say, well, in Singapore, their math scores are better. So what? Uh, I don't see anybody leaving here to run to Singapore to live. Right. You know, we're still the we're still the leader in the free world. Uh, and so, you know, we'll we'll continue to get better and push our math scores. But, you know, right now, uh, you know, uh, this county, this district has a National Merit Scholar. So kudos to her because she's a National Merit Scholar. So we've got plenty of engineers and doctors and lawyers, and we've got plenty of those successful people in our country. So comparing ourselves to other folks just for the sake of politics makes no makes no sense to me. Uh, and, you know, I don't again, I don't see people uh, leaving the United States of America in droves to go uh, live in a place where they have higher uh, science scores than we do. And then if you look at those scores, how are they calculated? How are they evaluated? Are they testing? We test every single child, Clayton. We test every child that's eligible to be tested in this country. Uh, and that's a, uh, so you get a, re- a, a much more accurate score than other countries who probably just test their best and brightest. So back to your question about the politics today. Uh, I love I'm, I'm like I'm very much enjoying our local pol- politics and politicians. I believe that they are very focused in on what's best for this community. But as you get closer to D.C., uh, and I'm even starting to get disappointed in some of the other uh, some of uh, other folks that are on the other side of the aisle from from Biden, uh, because we just got to find leaders that will get up there and just do what's best for the people that elected them. Yeah, and Dr. Steele, my impression, you know, where public education and politics interfaces here in Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, Columbia Central High School. Uh, you know, your your biggest uh, political interactions are with the school board, the Murray County Commission, and I suspect the Tennessee legislature is they really are the ones who, from the top, put policy and guidance in place for the public school systems in Tennessee, then the, uh, of course, the local school boards, local commissions, uh, have uh, implement and fund as well as the state. And, you know, Washington, D.C., when it comes to actually out on the ground in public education, not so much. Uh, that's my impression. Is that the way it works in your experience? Uh, it, pretty much in my experience. You know, for me, Delk, though, I want to be uh, 
I want to be that person who uh, honors and respects our commander in chief. And, and it's hard. Um, it's hard when you leave a Marine in Russia, in jail in Russia, but you bring home a basketball player. Uh, on, the, on the flip side of that, uh, a basketball player getting nine or 12 years for what you did seems a little harsh to me, but you, you're, you left a U.S. Marine. There's still a U.S. Marine in custody in Russia, and there's no news about uh, his um, release. And the Marines always bring them home. Uh, in terms of you, you, you plan on having guests on your show, American Steel, uh, what kind of guests would you like to present to you? I would love to have I would love to have guests of all backgrounds, all walks of life. I, I, I don't mind a, a, a good, healthy debate, uh, you know, as long as the listeners are gleaning something from the information that we're sharing. Uh, you know, I'm just very practical when it comes to what I think is best for me personally, my family and then my school and then my, you know, my community and, and so forth and so on. So uh, I'm going to be opinionated about those things and I'm going to share with you my thoughts. Uh, and I'm going to do everything in my power, which I think I'm pretty sure I can control, uh, to do it, uh, you know, in the most ethical uh, way moving forward at the highest level of integrity. My guess is you might uh, be interested in having educators on so uh, you can talk back and forth about what's going on, uh, what your goals are, how to accomplish them, and, and get a variety of voices in on that conversation. Yes, sir. I think that would be fantastic to start, to start it off like that and to have – other community members come in. Um, yeah. So if you're interested, if anybody's interested, just, uh, you know, hit me up or hit Clayton up at the radio station and, uh, we'll move, we'll move forward. There we go. Okay, folks, this is a new show. It's called American steel with Dr. Michael Steele, principal Columbia central high school. It will be on weekly here on WKOM time of broadcast to be announced. It'll also be out there on podcast where you can go to Spotify, wherever, get it on demand when you want to listen to it. Uh, Clayton and uh, and I thank you, Doctor Steele. Uh, we look forward to this new partnership. Look forward to having you here at WKOM. Look forward to hearing uh, what you have to say. Thank you so much. Um, it's a it's an honor, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Doctor Steele. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. More than 95% of people incarcerated in Tennessee will come home. I knew it would be tough re-entering society, and I figured I would need help. It's okay. Help is available. The new Tennessee Office of Reentry helps get 